Welcome back to the Sporting Capital. Jordan Canellis with you here on SEN. Send us a text, 0433981116. On the weekend just gone, we had, uh, I think it was a pretty thrilling end to the NBL regular season. Uh, top six uh, top six places on the NBL table. The new finals system this year with the play-in tournament then leading into the playoffs brought us much drama on both sides of the country, Perth and Melbourne, and, and teams all around the nation really involved because there were still positions to play for in the top two. Uh, a few nights ago, we had the NBL Awards Nights, and I can uh, officially uh, title him now as the NBL Coach of the Year. Adam Ford, who's the head coach of the Cairns Taipans, is with us here on the Sporting Capital. Adam, welcome to the show. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Uh, this is your uh, your first finals campaign as a head coach. You've been involved uh, as an assistant coach. Uh, of course, there's a bit of semantics around this because I'll ask you about this in a moment if it is the playoffs technically yet or not. But nonetheless, you are in the play-in tournament to begin with starting tomorrow. Uh, how are you feeling heading into this um, into this postseason era now of the of, of this season? Yeah, pretty good. Um, obviously, we felt uh, a little rushed the last couple of days because uh, uh, we played in Perth. Uh, we flew back. Uh, got a training session on the Monday. Uh, flew to Melbourne on the on the Tuesday to do the awards night. Flew back today. Uh, got another practice session in, uh, preparing for tomorrow. So, you know, we try to keep it as business as usual. Um, try to keep the routine, but uh, obviously there's a, an extra level of excitement amongst the group, knowing that uh, you know we're at the business end of the season. Uh, are those tight turnarounds just something that that you guys in your sport in particular uh, is it something you're used to because you do play multiple games? Uh, in a weekend, is that is those sort of t- short turnarounds something that you're familiar with now? Yeah, you know, the schedule is not always friendly. It can be a bit hit and miss, and it's not just us, but obviously that affects a lot of teams. So, you know, an example during the season, um, we played Illawarra at home on the Friday night, and then we had to fly out Saturday via Sydney to get to Auckland to play the Breakers uh, 4 o'clock in the afternoon on the Sunday, and the good thing is, is we won both those games, and so we use that as a bit of a, uh, you know, a reference, right, to say, hey, we've done it before, this is how we managed bodies, this is how we did the recovery. Um, so you do get conditioned to it. Um, it does wear on you naturally, uh, physically, especially with the playing group, um, and it's really just how you manage uh, the player's uh, physical well-being, but also that mental approach to uh, really just toughen up because you don't have a choice, and you know, you can make excuses or you can just sort of knuckle down and get the win. And, you know, that's what we were preparing for during the season, uh, knowing that the playoffs would be uh, like that. Last season, you guys finished second last on the table to now finishing third on the table this season. So you've made quite the jump, the Cairns Taipans, and it's been magnificent watching that transformation again. Um, the, the Taipans, as a, as a team, I suppose, have kind of yo-yoed a little bit the last few years from being at the top end to the bottom end and, and now back up to the top end again. Um, you're in there now as uh, as a second-year head coach at the Cairns Taipans, Adam. So for you this season, uh, as I said before, you've, you've experienced finals um, as mo- mo- you know most recently as an assistant coach, but now in the head position, what have you had to learn this season about taking a team to the top, guiding them at the top and trying to keep them there in that top two, top three uh, on the table? Yeah, we obviously wanted to have an identity that, uh, you know, filtered through the entire playing group and the staff and, and everybody involved. So our um, our identity last year was a bit of a mixed bag. You know, there were, there were players that we inherited, there were players that I brought in, and I do have a particular style um, 
I do like. You know, I like going with a younger athlete and, and playing fast and playing a little bit free and loose. And with that comes a little bit of recklessness. And, you know, you've got to be conditioned uh, as a player to, to sort of play that way. So knowing that's what we wanted to do and build, we um, we had a real robust off-season, bringing in guys like DJ and, and um, you know, Sam Wardenberg and we're able to retain Keanu and, and Bull and Taj and, and, you know, we don't have anybody over the age of 30. And that was part of the design too was, you know, we're not going to be able to get the, the high-end guys in the Australian League, but let's get them young out of college and, and make them high-end guys. So then when they leave us, they're leaving for more money or, or um, better status or whatever it may be, either domestically or abroad. So, you know, once we're able to identify that was going to be our thing, um, we really just honed in on it. And then we just sort of played it to our strengths and, you know, we got a great high-performance staff that's done a great job managing the bodies and, you know, we're able to minimise injuries this year compared to last and and uh, for the most part, we've uh, reaped the benefits of it. Uh, a third-place finish uh, means that you've qualified now for the play-in tournament first. So the top two, which are Sydney and New Zealand, have already made the uh, the, the official playoff um, phase of the postseason. But now... You, from third position down to sixth position on the table, are in a play-in tournament to get into the semifinals proper. Firstly, are you a fan of, of the new format this season that's been brought into the NBL to expand the amount of teams that make it out of the regular season into the postseason? Do you like the concept overall? No, um, mainly because I think the, the, the toughest position to finish is fourth. And so in our instance, I guess, is you know we, we host... Uh, 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 as they call it, the seeding qualifier. So we'll play that tomorrow. And if we lose that, we get to host another home game. Um, and if we lose that, then to be honest with you, like I look at that and go, if we lose two home final games, you know, we don't deserve to advance naturally. Mm. Um, but the fourth place team, which is Taz in this instance, uh, they need to travel uh, to our venue to play three versus four. And then if they lose, um, they then travel, so they'll take a connecting flight back to Hobart to play the winner of five versus six. And they'll need to win that off the back of travel and, uh, and a, a, basically a three-day turnaround uh, just to retain the position that they earned 28 games earlier. So um, the idea of it's fun and exciting, and I know it, it, it had interest for the tail end of the season and, and it kept teams alive and the entertainment factor is, massive and, and that's what it comes down to um, but I think when you take a step back and you recognise that it's hugely beneficial for a 5th and 6th place team to, to stay relevant um, but a 4th place team now is virtually having a fight to keep their position and uh, you know it's, it's an unusual one but hey it is what it is and you know we finished 3rd we don't have to worry about that so we're just going to win one home game uh, if we don't win that one we're just going to win the second home game um, and if we don't win that, then we don't deserve to be in it. But if we win it, then we advance to finals and uh, or semifinals, and yeah, we'll move on to the next chapter. Do you think there's merit at all in the idea of of having the finals expanded? So let's let's do away with the play-in tournament and actually just have a proper playoff series uh, involving, if it was to be three v six and four v five or whatever the the system could be, and actually have it as a playoff system proper. Is there merit in having a top six make it to the postseason? Oh, yeah, and I think to maintain the relevance of it, I I refer back to uh, my first season when I was head coach in uh, the Sydney Kings. Um, 
that was the COVID year, but they also had the NBL Cup. Mm. And so that expanded the season from 28 games to 36. Um, the problem was, was they, they stayed top four and there was a real divide of the top half of the season, uh, top half of the league and bottom half of the league. And so um, there were a lot of teams that had checked out with about a month to play. Um, imports went home. Uh, Next stars left to get ready for the NBA draft. And so the bottom half of the teams became um, even worse, I, I guess is the best way to put it. And we finished fifth. We had the same record as Southeast Melbourne. Um, we actually beat them head-to-head three games to one. Uh, but they get in the top four because they have a better points percentage at the time than Sydney Kings did. Um, and I reflect on that because we had to finish out the season to... You know, we had to beat Melbourne in overtime. We had to beat Illawarra at their place in overtime. Um, but then there was other games where there was a 20, 30-point blowout because, you know, a lot of the imports had left at that stage of the season because there was no chance of making top four. So the entertainment value that year really tapered off because uh, there was a massive divide between uh, first place and tenth. Um, so having it top six, as you saw the result this year, definitely keeps it more entertaining. And I'm all for that because... Eyes on TVs and bums in seats uh, helps increase the popularity of the sport. And, and that's what we're here to do. And that's what we want. Um, but yeah, I just feel in this instance, that is a bit of a, uh, a tough position to finish fourth. But yeah, I don't have the answer how to fix it. But I do know that um, there is merit to it. Adam Ford, the head coach of the Cairns Taipans in the NBL with us here on SEN tonight. Um, being all the way up in, in Cairns, Adam, does it sometimes feel like you guys are maybe battling away for for the airtime and, and maybe the respect uh, of just the general maybe basketball uh, basketball fan and just casual fans as well compared to you know f- uh, you know playing against the teams from the big cities with big populations? Oh, not necessarily. Um, you know, we got a pretty good fan base here, and you know they're supportive of the club and. You know, we are a small market team and the reality is, is any sport, you know, it's always going to be an uphill battle. You know, you've got the New York Yankees always going to have the bigger budget, and the bigger fan base compared to the Oakland A's. And, um, you know, that's no different with us. And the main thing is, I guess, we embrace it. I know I use it to our advantage to have that underdog status, the chip on the shoulder. Um, but the cool thing was, uh, I feel like in terms of the respect amongst your peers and, and everyone else around the league, you know, I think we get that, and I think it showed by the results. Uh, sorry, the awards night um, last night, where we had, you know, guys we most improved, and guys win the next gen award, and we had a couple of guys in the second all NBL second team, and our CEO was the executive of the year. So we definitely get the respect from uh, the people we respect, um, and, and, and that's important. But uh, everything else really just comes down to, uh, you know. Uh, what the fan base want, and as long as we're looking after our own, that's, that's all we can do. Well, I want to talk about those awards, Adam, because you were uh, awarded the NBL Coach of the Year. So this is your third season as a head coach, as you said, the one year with the Sydney Kings, and now your second season with the Cairns Taipans, taking them up to third uh, on the NBL table, uh, and a big turnaround from from last season, which has been magnificent. Um, is uh, how much of an honour for you was to win that award? Oh, massive. I, I, I think of the nominees, especially that I went up against, um, you know, Modi of New Zealand Breakers uh, has had a fantastic season. You know, Cairns uh, and Breakers finished with the exact same win-loss record. Um, they have a better percentage, but, you know, he turned that club around where uh, they've been on the road the last two years. And, 
you know, really battered and bruised from, you know, the COVID seasons and, and breakers felt that more than any other club. Um, and then they revamped their roster and changed out the coaching staff. And, you know, they've been really exciting to, to watch and, and to go up against. And, and then on the same foot, right, we also got Chase Buford of the Sydney Kings, who's maintained a number one, two, one position throughout the entire season. Now they finish out on top of the, the table and championship run through Sydney because they won it last year. Um, so just to be amongst those two guys to be nominated was pretty special. But, uh, um, yeah, to actually get the award was, was nice and, you know, humbling. And, and I appreciate, um, you know, the, the, the votes that all the coaches and the, the players and everyone else around the league uh, awarded to me. And, you know, I, I, yeah, it, it just, uh, it's just a, a real humbling moment. Uh, yeah, I appreciate, uh, appreciate the acknowledgement. Uh, your CEO and, and GM, Mark Beecroft, was executive of the year. Explain to us why he deserves that award and, and what work he's done for the club. Yeah, I mean, just to touch on our small base, uh, our small market, um, if you broke down in terms of money spent, um, you know, per win, you know, we're, we're ahead of everybody. Um, you know, we I guess we don't use it as a... Um, a disadvantage, I use it just more to establish what our identity is, is that we don't have um, the big budget roster to compete with the, the, the major city clubs. And, and that's okay. And it just helps us with what we want to recruit. But we're able to utilize um, every dollar spent, you know, whether it be uh, through, uh, you know, our, our recovery, um, our food, you know, the way we manage meals throughout the week, um, you know, using uh, the community and the resources available to us. Um, you know, Mark wears multiple hats, right? He's he's a CEO, he's a GM, but then he's also sometimes you know he's an assistant coach and he's an assistant team manager, and then he's a caterer and he's you know he's a courier and he's he he does a lot of things that um, other GMs and CEOs don't necessarily do because they'll have you know PAs and and helpers. Um, so. You know, for us to be where we are, as competitive as we are, operating on the, the budget that we do and competing with the big dogs, um, yeah, it's just full credit to Mark to be able to capitalise every every inch of uh, available resource we have uh, for us and, and really maximising it. And you had two players win individual awards as well last night, Sam Wardenberg with the Next Generation Award for... Uh, the best under twenty-five-year-old player in the in the league, and Keanu Pinder with his second consecutive most improved player, which is pretty impressive to do two years in a row improving year on year, and to be recognised two years in a row for that. Uh, what what has he been able to to do to um, in your eyes and on the court uh, to be able to improve year on year and get better and better two consecutive years, Keanu Pinder? Yeah, that's the type of player we're we go on after, right? So. Um you know, guys who have got a bit of a chip on their shoulder, um, but also to recognise talent um, and what their potential is. But then also you can only tap into that potential if they have the right mindset and work ethic. And so, you know, Keanu's got a real workman-like mentality uh, and that's an everyday process and he knows that. Um, and we make sure we also get guys around him that uh, operate on that same level because, you know, if you want to come to work, but the people around you don't work as hard, that can be really disruptive and discouraging. So, you know, we've got 13 guys on the court every day that uh, have a similar mindset to Keanu. And, you know, he's 
he, he deserves a lot of the credit for what he's done. Um, but it's also cool that his teammates around him, um, you know, have helped him get there and also celebrate um, these victories that we have because, um, you know, he, he, he acknowledges the people around him and, and that's what makes him such a, a worthy winner and recipient and a, and a fantastic human being. So, Adam, to tomorrow night's match, the, uh, the the first part of the play-in series. If you win, you get into the playoffs proper. You take on the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers. Uh, Josh Majette is a big out for, for Tassie with that, uh, with that was it cheekbone and eye socket injury that he suffered a few nights ago. So that's that's a big loss for Tassie. Um, how are you planning to uh, to come up against the, the Jack Jumpers? You know, they, we, we got them twice earlier in the season at their joint, and they came up to ours and, and got us and... and you know, the, the main difference is whose game plan gets to be executed. Um, obviously, we want to play fast and we want to play a bit loose and free and get in the lanes. And, you know, the jack jumpers do a great job trying to plug up those gaps and, and be physical and slow you down. And uh, last time we played them, uh, they kept the scores low, they kept it physical, um, and we really struggled with that. So, you know, with Majette out, obviously that's a massive out for them, but they got an all-first-team player in Milton Doyle who's, who's had a fantastic season. Um, Scotty goes deep into his bench too with um, Weeks, and, and, you know, McDonald's had a great year. So I expect them to step up in the absence of Majette. But, you know, if they really want to grind it out, make it a slugfest, get hustle points and second-chance points, you know, we're going to get our butts kicked. Uh, we've got to make sure that we try and match their energy. Um not give up too many, uh, uh, too much of the 50-50 ball, uh, but more importantly, try and play at our pace because um, anything else is not really uh, successful for us. So we know what works and what doesn't work. Uh, so it's important that we stick to our game plan. Adam, it's been a pleasure talking to you tonight. Uh, congratulations to you and uh, and your club on the awards uh, yesterday, and good luck for the uh, for the playing uh, games ahead this weekend. Thank you, mate. Uh, awesome. Thanks for having me. Adam Ford, the head coach of the Kansas Taipans. So those first play-in games tomorrow, uh, it's a doubleheader as well. So 6.30pm, South East Melbourne Phoenix against Perth Wildcats. That's 5v6. And the Kansas Taipans against the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers at 8.30pm Australian Eastern Daylight Time before then leading into the rest of the playoffs on the weekend on Sunday and then uh, into the playoffs proper uh, in the next week. Adam Ford here on the Sporting Capital. We'll take a break on SEN. Back with more after this.